Hello, you're about to listen to part two of my live podcast from 8-03-2021. This was an interview I did with Father Brian, who is the co-host of Planet ADHD, which is also a live show on the Podbean platform. In this episode, we talk about Dungeons & Dragons. I had some technical problems at the beginning with the intro song to this segment uh, once things get going it's a very interesting conversation and i find that even if you're not into dungeons and dragons or maybe you played before and have some nostalgic view of the game you'll enjoy it but you'll enjoy it no matter what thank you for listening and uh, feel free to go to good pods or apple podcasts and give this podcast a review i won't tell you to give it a one star two star three star four star five star if you like it i'd love a five star review thank you so much I'm just going to go back to my history. Why do we drive on the parkway and park in the driveway? Discuss. Hey. Hey, Father Brian, how you doing? I'm good. As you can hear, I still have the toddler. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay, here we go. I'm going to do a freestyle song here. Let's see if you guys can hear this. Can you hear that drum beat? People say I'm numb because I don't know nothing. People say I'm numb because I don't know nothing. People say I'm numb because I don't know nothing. Don't know nothing. Don't know nothing. People say I'm numb. Don't know nothing. All right. You guys hear that? <laughs> I did. I'm an Insta fan. I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked yeah. it. Well, thank you, Father Brian. See, I recorded that. And I uploaded it on my music for Podbean. I just played it a couple times while you were chasing Little Man around. And uh, the chitty chat, people in the chitty chat room couldn't hear it. So that's really? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's a Podbean thing or uh, what's going on there. But yeah. They've, they've done another app update, so it's hard to say. I see. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the problem. Yeah, and that's the issue. But I mean, overall, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with Podbean. Their customer service has been very helpful in their prompts. So, oh no, I'm a fan. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, yeah. I am as well. Um, but no, I'm honored to be a guest on your show to teach you about something. That's oh yeah, I'm honored to have you. Um, so. My history with Dungeons and Dragons is very limited, and I'll tell you about my background with it in a bit, but I'm more interested in you and your history with Dungeons and Dragons and where you were then compared to where you are now. I mean, how did Dungeons and Dragons begin for you, your interest in it? Um, when I was 13. The summer of my eighth grade year, I was transitioning to high school, and I met a gentleman I'm still friends with to this day named Chewy. He was a Hispanic-American who had moved to the area from Chicago. I was spending the summer with my grandparent, and uh, that's kind of where it started. I was, um, you're a couple years older than me, so you might know this. There were two types of Dungeons and Dragons when I started. There was what you call OD&D, 
or original Dungeons and Dragons or the box sets, and there was first edition Dungeons and Dragons, advanced Dungeons and Dragons is what it was called. I was a box set kid, um, and that's kind of where it started. It started on a very small street, not far from where I'm sitting now, in a trailer, and it involved a whole lot of vibrant and not sleeping a lot for an entire summer. Mm-hmm. I can see that, yeah. And so started with uh, one guy. How many uh, friends in the neighborhood played Dungeons & Dragons with you during that summer? There was my little brother, his little brother, and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it started, there were four of us. And then we added a friend of mine that I had literally grown up with, like then what you would call crib time. My parents knew their parents. So about five or six of us total. Mm-hmm. And was and this is what I do know about Dungeons & Dragons. There's a dungeon master that is kind of the master of the ceremony, right? The, yeah, uh, he's your MC. That's a good way of putting it, sure. Yeah, and did you guys take turns being the dungeon master? We uh, did not. Chewie knew everything, and we knew jack shit. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> not at first, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, was, no, uh, that came later. Uh, and that came later, yeah. yeah. So, so with the box set, how is, so the box set was not the original one, or uh, it was. It was. It um, was the original one. Okay. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. The funny thing about that is TSR, the company that produced a Dungeons and Dragons for years and years and years, and then got sold to Wizards of the Coast. He got sold to Hasbro. But TSR, when it started, there was instant, like you heard me on the show, uh, my show last night, going on about the trauma and drama of current 5e Dungeons and Dragons. That's not news. That started at its inception. That's why there's a box set and an advanced set. There was a schism in the groups wherein they developed two different settings, like two entire sets of rules. Nice. And what, uh, speak of this controversy, uh, I mean, you did, uh, I did hear a little bit about it uh, last night, but so is it, uh, I almost get the sense that Dungeons and Dragons uh, is kind of under the cancel culture microscope? Is um, It's under something, <laughs> but what, you know, but what isn't? Um, there's a lot of talk of a lack of inclusion to tabletop role-playing games in general. Um, now, my experience, as I said, I understand that at 13 years old, I met my one of my two or three best friends on Earth, Hispanic American, who taught me Dungeons and Dragons. While he was right. doing that, we had a homosexual player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had female players, not only that summer, but throughout my gaming history. So all of this exclusion that you're hearing about I've never once in my life experienced it. Um, I've had players of other ethnicity. I have had indigenous Americans, or maybe as we used to call Native Americans. No offense, man. That I'm old, mm-hmm. but I mean, I ran in gaming stores on and off in my gaming career, where anybody that came in that door was going to be at my table, and I've never had an inclusion problem. Uh, Brother Wicked, not one, not ever. No. Huh? Yeah, that's it made people at my table uncomfortable. You had to go. I see. I see. Yeah, and it's 
we wouldn't see that here. Uh, more re the most recent I have seen a Dungeons and Dragons game played was probably four or five years ago. In town, there's a place called the Game Loft. It's I was speaking nonprofits profits earlier. the The Game Loft is this place that encourages kids to uh, who don't have uh, how should I say it involved. They're more violence. likely to get into trouble. Exactly, exactly. So it encourages kids like that to come by and just play games. It could be, and there's Pokemon. Uh, there's any game Probably you can Magic the Gathering, Pokemon. Exactly, and yeah, dragons, yeah. Uh, and right. innumerable amount of board games that I would never get named, right? I would be Mary or John of the Turkey showing here. They'd give me a bunch of board games. But yeah, I get, I get the vibe. Um, yeah. And those are good things to see, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but and what's good about the game loft is that yes, uh, it serves underprivileged kids, but it's open to the public. So what happens is just all types of kids go. Oh yeah. And, uh, so my son wanted to go a few years ago, one night a week. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. And that's where I saw there was this one room that the same kids went into that same night every week and just shut the door and that's where dungeons and dragons was played <laughs> yeah it, it was like it, and that are is you talking when we were younger when you and i would have been younger through uh that yeah. at this point or i've always seen it um well the, the the example i just gave was more recent that was um, recent very nice yeah, uh, but I do remember uh, the first time I was exposed to it, uh, there were some older kids in the neighborhood when I was like in third grade that played it. And this is where my dad lived when I visited him on weekends. And I would go visit just to look at the little silver caricatures and, right. the, and the these these dice that I had never seen before, the multi-sided dice. I'm a nine-year-old kid, and they just right. have, like, new toys. And they mentioned, oh, Dungeons and & Dragons. And so I was allowed to look. And then uh, they mentioned, oh, we're going to have a game. And I'm like, oh, great. So I came by, and then when the game started, they asked me to leave. <laughs> uh, and I was so bummed so because cool. it's like, I wanted to see this. these guys. And you were how old? You were like I eight or nine? nine. I was only nine years old at the time, and these guys uh, were probably twelve. Uh, so they're a little okay. Bit in my in my opinion, they were just harshing on you because you were the nine year old, right? You know what I mean? Exactly. You should have totally not only been allowed to stay, had it been in a, in a, in a in a thing with me and my friends, you would have been allowed to play, not just stay. Uh, the <laughs> exactly. guy that I seriously, the guy that I mentioned, um, taught me D and D when he learned. He had to pay his lunch money to be allowed to play. So we have a very, like, a lot of our inclusion in my actual regular group is because of the guy that taught all of this. Yeah, people kind of um, defecated on him when it came to, like, him learning to play the game. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm being serious. As terrible as that is, man. Yeah, we would have never done that to you at all. <laughs> well, that's good to hear, yeah, because... I. It, I mean, so th that was that's been some of my experience with it. And then when I did finally turn twelve, I still had that interest, but I had never played. Finally, right. I, finally, I get in friends with a group of guys that did play, and one kid was into it 
like, you know, way, way into it. So he was the automatic dungeon master and just loved playing that role. Uh, so we had an overnight for a kid's birthday party, and a lot of these kids were kids of hippies, and I'll get into cool. that later. And awesome. So this is this is a Friday night at this kid's house, and we stay up all night as, until his mother told us to go to bed playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm having so much fun. Everyone's having fun. Get about four hours of sleep. We get up and we play again. And then... Somebody turned the television on, and the fucking, ooh, I just said an F word. <laughs> hey, that was you. I want you to know that, that was, was not me. That was, that, that was not me. That was Brother Wicked. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that was, um, yeah. There we go. That's one. I have two more left. You have six. <laughs> <laughs> I get six? Why, thank you. Um, Actually, you're doing I see well. you've heard my work. <laughs> I have been working very, very hard all day. If I started to say it, and I came up with a pretty rough day. I got up with bad news, and this, every time I went said, I told Lady Rebecca, I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, I'm going on <laughs> Wicked Awesome Podcast, and nobody thinks I can pull this off. I'm not going to do it. I'm legit going to get on there, and I'm not going to curse at all. <laughs> and you've done so well. I am, here, it, and here I am. I've, uh, you know, I just said one. <laughs> Brother Wicked, I have been training Olympically all day. Like, like I had pennies in a jar. I got ready for this appearance. Oh man, that's yeah. that's great. You're doing I've that. never, thank you, because I've never called into a show anywhere ever and not said a bad word. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to come prepared, you know. And it is Dungeons and Dragons and first love for sure. Uh, not even gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As I said, I started at 13, and, you know, I can kill dragons, and I'm born with cerebral palsy, and this and that, you know. I didn't play sports. Uh, and yeah, and did my first love is what we're talking about tonight, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and indeed tabletop role-playing games in general. Yep. So yeah. I'm giving it, I'm, I'm, I really am, like, I'm giving it my all. <laughs> yeah, and you, you're doing excellent. Well, to finish this, this story, uh, somebody turned the TV on at Saturday morning, and the Smurfs were on. So all wow. these hippie, all these hippie kids that were twelve at this point, and really should have outgrown cartoons, but grew up their whole entire lives without televisions, were sucked in to the Smurfs, and all of a sudden. This Dungeons and Dragons game that we had been spent had spent hours on was became an afterthought. All oh, because yeah, that's sad. it is sad. And hippies ruin every hippies ruin everything. That's going to be in a segment on this show too. Hippies ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just hippies, boo, boo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least you can be a hippie and have it and have your kids watch television. You know? right. Well, well, I mean, you you've done you've done a review, uh, and I watch this by the way based on your review, Woodstock '99, which in fact does from start to finish kind of go hippies. Boo! Does it not? <laughs> it it does. It, it doesn't does look good for the hippies at all. It really doesn't. It doesn't because it's just to me. It just gets into. People are ID. People are just selfish. Uh, the promoters of Woodstock just seem like selfish people. They weren't in it for peace, love, and whatever else. They're in it to make money. 
And I think we could say that about the first one, let alone like the oh, yeah. uh, the, the it was '94, and then again in '99, I think. Yes. Yes. But see, I think Woodstock '99 would be a great place to start a tabletop role playing adventure. Like. You bought your tickets and you go in. You know what I mean. And you go mm -hmm. in. And there's music festivals and there's bards everywhere. And you're like, wait, what's a bard? <laughs> and they're playing the lutes and so on. And you're like, what's going on? And then it just evolves like '99 did into mayhem. They all turn out to be demonic and evil, and you're trying to battle your way out. I think that's oh, really yeah. work. <laughs> oh wow, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Christina, by the way, with, with I'm not gonna. My friend down here, Christina, has actually gamed with me. Uh, a gentleman that we knew that we met here on the app, Kai of KaiSings.com, and now proudly radical over on Twitch TV. And, mm -hmm. and she and I and some others gamed in a game that is a tabletop role playing game called Fate Core. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a fantastic role player in her own right. Um, I just thought I'd give her a shout out while I was up here. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's great. So, Dungeons and Dragons. I did a little bit of research. Has been around since 1974. Many role-playing games. I mean, this was really the first uh, role-playing game ever created that we can think of. Would you say? Yes. That? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And it, it very much spawned from. Uh, now they did have the Axis and Allies wargaming prior to. So it kind of did spur a bit off of that. Um, 74, was that Dungeons and Dragons or Chainmail? I believe I just looked at the Wikipedia page really quick and it said, uh, and I just saw the year 1974. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another one, Chainmail, that was kind of involved, and Chainmail was like ODD and ADD. &D. It was among the first. Um, yeah, and it would have been, I was two when it came out. <laughs> Right, uh, I would have been. You know, and I would have yeah. been three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now I don't. I don't know about you, but I had never, until recently, seen a Dungeons and Dragons television commercial either. That just did not happen. You and I grew up in what they call the Satanic Panic. That, like, if my parents, when they found out I played D and D as Luthers, were like, "No, you don't." <laughs> well, and then I remember a TV movie that dealt with that type of paranoia because somehow playing this role-playing game was going to turn you into a schizoid freak and you were going to all of a sudden believe that this stuff from this imaginary game was real and you were yeah. going to go down the city streets attacking what you thought was a dragon but was oh, no, yeah. like a homeless guy freak. or something. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, did that stuff ever really? Yeah, did did that stuff actually ever ever really happen, or is this uh, just? They were may have been, may have been a couple of instances, but in my entire thirty four plus year career of tabletop role playing, no, no, no one's ever died from playing a game of D anD D with me or Vampire the Masquerade or anything ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I actually have a long, buried, and massive history with tabletop role playing games in general, and no, no, certainly not. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, did Christina. we play some paper dragons? Yeah, but yeah, you know what? 
Yeah. Oh, she's just typing some funny stuff in about the hippies, and she was just saying uh, something about a patchouli-breathing dragon. Yeah. If there's any patchouli-breathing dragons out there, I'd like to meet them. I bet they're quite friendly. So that'd be a hippie dragon. Do you think it would be dragon? a hippie dragon? It would. It would. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't want to see there. If you go with Spidey now, uh, Brother Wicked, there is a druidic type that I would borrow from. And I would probably give it the circle of the haze, and then it would be a pot-breathing dragon, a marijuana-breathing <laughs> dragon, as what, that would smell like patchouli, and yeah, it would yeah. it would kind of you know it would it would kind of like I don't know have that hippie vibe. That would Maybe be we'd cool. call it like purple haze or whatever. Well, <laughs> yeah. Would be his name. He'd live above a village, and they had to farm weed, right? Or, <laughs> yeah. or he would come down and. Like eat all their potato chips because uh, it's weed, right? Uh, he's not exactly. Right. That would be a cool <laughs> dragon. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said that they found uh, they they discovered that the agents agent Egyptians actually smoke pot, and you know how they found that out uh, the, uh, from all the Twinkie and uh, Cool Ranch Dorito wrappers in the tombs. That yeah. that makes complete sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it makes well, sense. as they had access to all the alien technology that could travel through time, of course they're going to grab the best junk food, right? Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna, I, I, I just went on a rant about sixteen candles. I was gonna go on a rant about the Breakfast that Club. Was a fantastic movie. Yeah, it was. But the I'm Breakfast Club. Great Breakfast. adventuring party right there. Like That's right. I think I think John Hughes totally got our entire generation, and I'm like you. I get that systemic racism is real. You and I aren't going to say that it's not. At the time, we laughed at it, and Sixteen Candles was amazing. Uh, the Breakfast Club, amazing. Let's be fair. Mm -hmm. Beethoven, absolutely awesome. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think I think Beethoven is a druid. If you want to get honest about him, or we're doing Dungeons and Dragons, I think Beethoven the dog would have made a great druid. <laughs> well, so he was good with kids, right? He would herd a a party of smaller, maybe halflings or gnomes, and sure. roll with them and try to keep them out of trouble. Right, right. So now, when I played Dungeons and Dragons, I I remember using the dice, but we never used those little silver figure things do you have to are those a set do you have to use those in the game no you do not those are miniatures uh and you can buy them painted or paint your own it's kind of always been that way one of the biggest companies to do it back in the early days was ralph hartha and uh now i'm in rural america the middle of it i'm not in the bible belt by the way Kate. i'm in the belt buckle uh, <laughs> dead center literally uh, so what we did is now called theater of the mind. You would have a piece of graph paper wherein you would draw in your dungeon, because mostly back in the day, that's what you did. But, uh, you did not have the miniatures or any of that. You just marked off space, um, by 10 to 5 foot squares, 10 foot back in the day, 5 foot now. And then if you needed, you could use yarn and such to, and your dungeon master or MC as you called it. Uh, here I would tell you where the other creatures were and we went from there. It was all just kind of in your mind. Kind of like reading a book except we're writing it together. Well, right. Play, right. So you, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, and that's, what, and that's a good way of describing it because, and that's what I remember about it, is creating a story as we're playing. So, yeah, yeah. What, and you may not know the answer to this, but what is the longest uh, 
game you've ever played? How long has one game gone on for you? What's the longest? Uh, um, like, as in a campaign or a yeah, game yes, session? as a campaign, yeah. Uh, what's the longest campaign? Uh, my oldest boy and I uh, had one that went Uh, six or seven years, and then my best friend, Q, uh, the gentleman who taught me, uh, my our buddy Philip and myself, his campaign world still exists and is still growing, so I mean, he's played longer than me, so he, his campaign's probably 40 years. Holy cow. And so my campaign universe is right at 31 years old. Wow. wow. It so has history, of course. Yeah. Wow. So it never really ends. This, I mean, uh, is that, I'm getting the sense that it just never really ends. As the dungeon master, the game master, uh, you tend to sandbox real quick. It's one of the first things you teach one another. Is that uh, abuse and reuse. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to want to build a world and get a history going. And it, for a long time, like, they did something recently that just made me cringe. Uh, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro have said that anything prior to 5th edition is no longer canon. It's, it, it doesn't count. At my table, it still does, because otherwise I lose 31 years of history. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, my world is still an ever-evolving and growing entity. Uh, it does things without me sometimes. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I don't know how to explain it. My son uses my campaign when he wants to. Uh, my other deeming friends that have been involved with me from the beginning, like my buddy Chewy, like if he tells me something happened in my world, it just did. Uh, we've gained together so long that we'll make it fit, you know. I see. So you can be absent from the campaign for a little while and come back and still be part of it? Slide right, yeah, you can slide right back in your spot. It wouldn't make a bit of difference. Yeah, I know. And we're very good about picking up new people. Um, all of my adult children have had um, characters and individuals and massive story arcs within my campaign universe and my buddy Chewies and their own, in fact. Um Tabletop role-playing games are an ongoing, never-ending story that's told in a multiverse with a, that, that it spans everybody's ethnicity and religion. That part doesn't matter. It spans systems from fake core to Dungeons and Dragons to the original Marvel role-playing game. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all just being told at tables. Uh, war stories, uh, table stories are a big thing in my culture. Like, when your character... Like, in your adventure, what happened? Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything like... Any uh, uh, that is a really good question, Father Brian. I just said, mm-hmm, because I'm thinking back. I don't remember much about it, really, other than while the Smurf watching was going on, the Dungeon Master asked me a bunch of questions, and then it became clear that it was just the Dungeon Master and I <laughs> interacting with this game. He asked me, basically, coming to... My character came to a road that I could go one way or go the other, and I chose the wrong way, and two spears came out ah. and killed my, 
kill my character, but luckily one Old of the school guys, D&D, by the way, yeah. Exactly. Luckily yeah, one of the other guys had a, had a healing spell that he used, and my character uh, was able to uh, come back to life. But that's the one thing that I do remember, and I feel bad. I mean, they do say short-term memory is what goes first. That would have been... <laughs> that would have no, been no, I completely understand. Uh, I have an exceedingly fantastic memory, and, and again, this, this isn't just my hobby. It's a major part of who I am as a person, I, I guess. Uh, you've been in my show. I've come in here and typed and done things, and, and a lot of people on here have had me on. I have Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role playing games to thank for my ability to improv and to just kind of do the voices that you'll hear me do once in a while. A lot of people, when I got the new mic, thought that was all mic, but yeah, no. Occasionally, you'll have that non-player character that's played by your dungeon master that has to stand out, so you get the weird voices on or whatever. <laughs> you know, right. it's not something right. I'm big at, but. Hmm? Oh, uh, you say oh, rather third. Rather. Instead of saying a photographic memory, he said a pornographic memory. <laughs> yes, that. Right. I at one time rounding third, and I do on a digital copy of the book of erotic fantasy for the third editions of Dungeons and Dragons, and I have in fact in my campaign allowed a young man to play what was called a sex monk, and he he sexually advanced his way to being the king of said city. Really? Yeah, really? and I don't think I cursed in there anywhere. I'm very proud of me today. You I worked so be. hard. I I have worked so hard. I hope I don't, I hope I get it done. You're um, like this. Yeah, you like you said. You did some Olympic training today. I did. I, this is uh, it's Kevin. <laughs> me, you have no clue. <laughs> it's so out. Speaking of D and D, as we are, it's so out of character for me. By the way, because you have no idea. <laughs> it's like this is. It's like it. it you're using so much energy, not to use profanity, that you're going to fall asleep before your show tonight. <laughs> I might. I may. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, and there's so much to talk about. Uh, we're on the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons now. Much like the Joker in DC's movie universe, we don't talk about fourth edition. It didn't happen. <laughs> but you've got the you have the box sets of D&D which I played, you have first edition AD&D which I used material out of for box sets and then of course I went to second edition Dungeons and Dragons and from there I'm for my older children and so on and so forth, uh, nieces, nephews we did third edition where I did in fact have the book of erotic fantasy where you could do such things as create zombie hookers, prostitutes if you prefer and I had a pair of players in Omaha that were female who built zombie brothels that had perfectly preserved bodies and made a ton of gold and copper from that as an industry. And I have also had a farm boy who fell in love with a noble lady and in a game that took four years died defending her honor in a sad and unrequited love story. That is so cool. I mean, you could like script this stuff, and we probably could a lot of it, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I would need a lot of people's permission. 
but in in my universe, you own, well in my universe, you own your character. Uh, as soon as I am able, Christina down there is going to join us in a fighting uh, campaign. I've got to go digital to do it. But uh, as I said, she's a fantastic role player, um, and those are they're rare. So I'm excited about that part. But it's a love of the game. It really sure. is. Sure. Well, what's admirable is I'm hearing you talk about how you've played with your kids, your nieces, nephews, certainly Lady Rebecca. I mean, so for you, it's a family affair as well. Um, yeah, it very much is. It very much. Yeah, no, it, it's traveled to generation. My older children prefer Magic the Gathering. It's quick, it's dirty, it's easy, it doesn't take a lot of planning. They have jobs, children of their own. And in, in a couple of cases, grandchildren of their own, uh, they're busy, so it's harder to do this. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, for instance, Magic the Gathering now has a D&D style being brought into it, and it has its own expansion. And there are books, Brother Wicked, 4th, 5th edition, that indeed bring Magic the Gathering material into D&D. It's kind of a crossover thing. But yeah, it's definitely a family affair. I'm first generation, my older kids are second, and little man will be third generation for it, yeah. Excellent. I did read that with all the role-playing games that have come out since Dungeons & Dragons, and many of them popular, some of them you mentioned, Dungeons & Dragons remains the most popular, over, uh, the most popular role-playing game in the world. I did read that somewhere, um, which uh, shows that it has. I think it always longevity. will, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's my granddaddy started it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. but there are other games that were equally and are equally um, worth looking at, but that's preference. Fate sure. Core is probably one of the coolest tabletop role playing games I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. But I, you would almost need to be a trained improv actor to do it well. So there's that. <laughs> so when you say a trained improv uh, actor, you just have to, you have to know what to do uh, on the spot, basically, to create uh, your, your own. It's situation. very yes and. For instance, it's one of the few role playing games where I'm going to give you three tokens when we start, and if I tell you that you are in a building that is on fire and I don't mention that there's windows or anything else, you can hand me one of these fate tokens and say, I would like to spend my fate token, there's a fire extinguisher in the corner, and retcon a fire extinguisher that you can now have access to. I see. That isn't done a lot in tabletop role-playing games. Very much so, you are... In the 80s, we called it at the mercy of the dungeon master, and now you're in the hands of the dungeon master a lot of the time. We build the world, we build everything around you, um, we're the director, producer, all the backdrop, but our players are our stars. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Um, so, where do you play mostly? Do you have a place in town, like a game shop that you go to? Do you just play at your house? or my, Yeah, play? my living room. Uh, mm-hmm. With my podcast area, the table doubles as our gaming table. I see. Uh, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm sure seen a fake alliteration. Yeah. It's a tough game to yeah. play, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 
so with your table, do you have, it doesn't sound like you need a lot of things that have to be permanently in place. Am I correct? I mean, we don't have to. There's a lot of uh, culture, like, yeah, you know, I'm a priest and we've made slide pass as well. And that also, these are two things that have a lot of culture. You'll find guys that have TVs inside of tables so that they can use digital maps. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But at this point with D&D Beyond, if I went and got went digital completely to D&D Beyond and everybody in the group did, all we would need is a corner. You can even roll the dice on your computer or your tablet. And then the ability to hear one another, which we would either use Discord or D&D Beyond itself. And you, if you're playing theater of the mind, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Somebody that knows the rules like I do and can tell a compelling story. There you go. There you go. So Discord has that video component to it. Um, I can't figure out how to use Discord. <laughs> it's like I'm on there. It's like, okay, I'm here. What the hell do I do? <laughs> uh, um, if you want, I'll start. I have a large list of videos. I literally, in Discord, have a channel that is YouTube videos about how to set up a Discord and what it is and what you do with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool. Because until cool. I found Podbean and I met Kai and Christina and Glenn and all these guys, I didn't even know there was Discord. I mean, it would have made gaming a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there is a video and audio component to it very much so. Uh, plus, now that we brought Discord into the discussion, there's a thing called the Avery bot that was very well built. It ties into D&D Beyond, and if you have material for bot on D&D Beyond and a membership, you can upload a character to a Discord and a DM can use monsters. You can very much play in a Discord. I see. In its entirety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You like it. If you put the Adley bot in your Discord server, you could roll a character up just right in a channel in your Discord. Isn't that something? I mean, it's amazing what... I mean, it, it never ceases to amaze me what technology can do. I mean... I, it's made it a different world, has it not? I know. Well, it's like I've always had this dream of having my own radio show. I mean, ever since I was a kid, and I could never figure out a way to get in. I tried to get into a couple local college stations over the years, but they time slots get sucked up by you know, people and you have to know somebody, blah, 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 that type of thing. And, right. and, but now here I am in my tiny little apartment doing it. Uh, yeah. And, and we're, we're on a radio style talk show. I, isn't that wild? It is wild. It is wild. I, I share that dream to a degree. That's why I have a show. And, and later back, I had that dream. You know what I mean? And we get to do that for a modicum price. It's not too bad. You know, maybe we take off someday. Maybe we don't. But we get to have this experience. And uh, furthermore, all of us down here in the live chat as well, we get to have it together. You are, you are, you're, you're the new version of David Letterman. Dare we say Carson? You're, you know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, I, I use their names because I'm literally too young to know any radio host that did, I'm <laughs> sure, what they did before. But, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and it's just like when I, and I think of those guys, I think of Letterman quite a bit before I do this. And Letterman uh, was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he was. And, you know, yeah, really he, and he had issues with depression, anxiety, alcoholism, and uh, if you read any any of the backstory, he would get upset when shows didn't go well, and of course, doing it every night. Not every show is going to go perfectly and just be awesome. 
and uh, we took our model from those gentlemen and ladies like John Rivers and all of them that do those shows that are five days a week. And I got to tell you, you're not wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not, not every show is great, but it's just a, but you keep no, going. Yeah, I'll be the first to tell you. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. But you keep going, and it's and I I think I said it last week. I can take notes. Go into this as prepared as I've ever been, and the show could go to absolute absolute shit, or I could be like, "Oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, geez, five minutes from now. Oh, yeah, I got to do a show, and that show could be incredible." Yeah, know? and I've never, not one note do I take, <laughs> not for the whether I do an hour, or two, three, nothing. Everything I do, but but again, I cheat. I've been a dungeon master for Dungeons and Dragons and a game master for GURPS and Tune and Carvers and a million of like I can't count them all. So like telling a story and grabbing a thread and making that into something bigger than it should be, I have learned just sitting around these tables how to cheat at what I do here on Podbean. Sure. So Dungeons and Dragons, the role playing games have helped you in podcasting, that's interesting. It's yeah. helped me get girls. I'm I, I, I'm with a millennial and I'm 48. <laughs> she's, third, uh, she's 16 years my junior. It, it's helped me learn to talk to people. Well, and that goes back to a point that I uh, was going to make, and I'll make that point now. I, that last game I played at Dungeons & Dragons when I was 12, I stopped because... I actually discovered girls shortly after that, that I really, really like girls. And I did not believe that playing a game like Dungeons and Dragons and doing nerdy stuff, what I perceived as nerdy stuff, would uh, help me in actually kissing a girl. So, uh, From eight years of age, I was a computer programmer. I started Dungeons and Dragons at 13, and I lost my virginity at nine. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, no. That's a, that's like the satanic panic. I think it's a complete misnomer. That's like yeah. when I started playing. They were like, "Girls will never play D anD took right. over my study hall. I had two study halls my junior year in high school because I'd done enough credits before. So I had two study halls. I took them both over, and we played. D I played D anD D with thirty people, including both teachers, for an entire year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After about the first month, I've never met anybody that can't get into or doesn't enjoy this hobby if it's played right with the individual. You have to tailor that experience to the people at the table. Right. And actually, and since then, I've grown up considerably. I'd say even at the age of probably 16, 17, I noticed that uh, women who, the nerdy type women, the theater, artsy music type women actually were very right. interested interesting and uh smart was sexy so ever may since i then, ask you something uh mm -hmm. being in bands did that kind of start as sort of a because he had several palsy i couldn't play but if i could have played guitar i think i would have totally been in a band on the grounds that maybe i could you know get more girls to like me <laughs> that was that certainly played i mean i've always loved music always always loved music oh, of course of course and um i've always had this dream of playing in a rock band blah 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 so it, it certainly started my intentions were pure i did have a belief i remember in high school that the kind of 
side benefit of that would be that girls would notice me more. Yeah, yeah. And right. That's maybe, right. Now, you did mention earlier that this, this weekend or whatever, you bought the Misfits vinyl, so obviously music's a huge fact. Right, right. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it still is. It's just like, I, I mean, music, uh, pop culture in general, I, I mean, I am drawn to. I mean, I do have problems with people who overemphasize certain aspects of pop culture. But really, when it comes down to it, I, I've noticed that music and movies uh, can bring people together into conversation. Uh, and uh, those are... Uh, they're the, great those are for of, that, yeah. Yeah, and they're kind of regular topics here because it's where we can find common ground. Oh, you know, right. I, they're not just icebreakers. There's some place that you can find a common yeah, ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's just I've always been uh, talking about the girls thing again. I mean, I've always been uh, self conscious when it comes to girls. Uh, even now, when I play music, when I play music now, it's I am out there to have fun and I mean I'm 50 years old I'm not playing music to get dates you know what I mean no <laughs> so, no I do I totally do yeah yeah so uh now <laughs> I just, are way past that whole way way, way past that so like yeah yeah but looking back on it yeah certainly that was in the back of my mind but did, did it really uh help did, girls I don't believe really noticed me more because I played uh, music on stage uh uh I I mean I was shy basically I, I was shy when it came to when it came to girls and uh, shy is what no matter what no matter what you're gonna do right shy is it, it it's a it's an Achilles heel in in social interacting I I feel oh it can be yeah yeah it's like I mean I could uh, talk to girls but I, only to a point and then I would start you know stuttering or maybe feeling like I sounded like an idiot somehow and uh, then I. Really, what's interesting is I grew up with a single mother and two older sisters, and uh, I've had a lot of friends that have been women, still do, and women can relate to me quite well, but when I'm interested in a woman, or back then a girl, it I get nervous and incredibly shy and feel like I'm uh, just a blubbering idiot. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I still get that with Lady Rebecca. I don't feel that. <laughs> there are moments that I will go, I'll be flirting and I'll just stop and it'll dawn me. I'm like, nah, she is way too hot for me and I'm pink, red, and I'm out. I feel for you. <laughs> Running Thor just said, I went to high school with Wicked. He's modest. He had him lined up. <laughs> me too. Running Thor gender me too. I don't remember that at all, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like. I, I I've talked about it with you before. I I did like the social aspect of high school. I mean, I uh, that was kind of my favorite part. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't know that they taught me anything that I didn't already know. But sure. <laughs> and I don't know that they didn't. I mean, you were in high school when I was. It just yep. seemed like after about sixth, seventh grade, they were just shooting it back at you over and over and over again, right? Like in the eighth yeah. grade, I live in Illinois. I took the Constitution test. I did it again as a senior. If you learned it the first time, that you were good for the second. You know what I mean? Oh sure, sure, yeah, yeah. But the socializing. Oh man. Oh yeah, it's just like it. it it's and I mean, I remember my senior year. I didn't want it. I didn't want high school to end uh, because it was a secure place for me to be. I didn't want to be out in the world. Heck, it was just 
uh, I mean, it was a safe haven for me. I, I do remember that feeling. It, it, uh, was, it was definitely easier than where I came now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. I mean, I, oh, God. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you've touched upon, you know, some of your experiences that uh, you've had in adulthood. And it, I've bored people to death with my life over on my show. I certainly have. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. The boring it never is. Boring it never is. I find myself being like, wow, holy shit. Really? Wow. Yeah, we we got, we kind of got a humdinger coming up tonight. (laughs) Oh, you did? You do. Uh, a little um, bit of, a little bit of. It's stuff we don't normally deal with. We're gonna deal. We're gonna touch on COVID and some other stuff tonight a little bit. Um, okay. As Rounding Third said earlier, I don't think I've cursed the whole time. I, and I think we got like nine minutes, but I think I'm gonna get it done. So I would imagine I'm going to just like explode with expletives, if you will, <laughs> when when we go. Like, <laughs> they're gonna have to come out. I'm possessed by the curse demon, if you will. Uh, (laughs) I'm struggling. I mean, I'm really wanting to work them in the kind of the narrative that we're building up here together. And I'm like, no, no, no. I should have left the note. (laughs) So now, Rounding Third just uh, has alluded to, talk about the video I sent about the water jug. So that must be something that he sent to you. I have to figure out which. Yeah, he's telling me, but you're not going to believe this. If you've sent it within the last hour, hour and a half, she chained me down to Count Strahd because that's what I'm getting run for Lady Rebecca. We're going to do a test run before we move to digital. And um, I haven't really been watching them. She probably has, so I'm not sure I know which one. Uh, (laughs) Also, I stayed out of TikTok Instagram and all that stuff, brother wicked, because it tends to make me say bad words more. <laughs> now, have you, yeah, see, and I don't have a TikTok account, but have you have you been in trouble on TikTok before? If you don't mind my asking, if uh, as far as I mean, do they? I, I'm sure they have guidelines. From sixty foot away, she just laughed. Um, I have not. Believe it or not, I have not. Here's my stick on TikTok. What I do is I sit with my sunglasses on in my chair, and then I borrow an audio from someone that's doing well on TikTok, and I play it, but I don't move my mouth at all. Oh, okay. Brother, not not at all, not at all. But the reason I do that is a very nice young lady said on there that as a Caucasian male, my only job was to shut up. So that's all I do. Oh wow! But. but Lady Rebecca, I'm a creative soul, I can't help it, but Lady Rebecca does Planet ADHD, and two of our videos have in fact been uh, muted, and we've been struck with community violations, we no longer post Planet ADHD audiograms on TikTok, they don't like us. (laughs) Oh, wow, uh, that's interesting, okay, because I mean, my daughter has... My daughter's addicted to TikTok, and I've heard some pretty offensive, uh, what people would consider offensive stuff coming from her phone, uh, thinking about profanities, and uh, yeah, yeah, so that's interesting. Well, there was a story that we did about a rainbow monkey with a like sexual device and erect, and erect them in a library. And it banned it twice. It, it it didn't like what I had to say about it. It felt it it, it felt rather strongly about it. Brother Wicked, it really did. Interesting, huh? Yeah, see, it, this is really hard. Just not cursing. Everything I talk about is filth. I, 
I understand that about myself. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but you sound, I, I'll say this, you sound very articulate. You sound just very uh, even-keeled. Uh, this is like the, this is the reserved kind of United Nations diplomat type, Father Brian. I, I, I think I like it. You want me to be honest? I used to do this for a living. I'm actually very good at it. I just have to want to be. And, and I find it awesome that here at the Wicked Awesome Podcast, you you have that kind of swear jar in place, so to speak. So, like I said, I told later back, I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. Even later, you're like, no, you're not. We know you're not. You're going to say it. <laughs> and and once like you that. say it, you're going to keep saying it. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not. Not tonight. No, no, no. I'm here to talk about and defend the first love of my life, Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm not going to let it down like that. Exactly. It's gotten too much bad press lately. And it's bad press, and, and what kills me about it is it's toxic positivity. It's no one's, everybody's so mad about getting their piece of the pie in their cut that we've all forgotten that we're all people. We're all exactly. Dungeons and Dragons is a story. You can sit down with you and your friends and what have you, and you can tell whatever story you want. Nobody's stopping you. Right. You know? right. It, um, now, say someone who had no intention of playing Dungeons & Dragons, knew nothing about the game, just decided to sit in uh, some night while everyone else was playing. Right. Would they interested in the story that was being uh, followed, told, whatever? Would they be interested in what was going on in the game if they had... Uh -uh. Uh, or would they be able to pick up on uh, what was going yeah, on? Yeah, they would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got, what, two minutes? Um, I'm getting ready to make a character to run with later Rebecca because it is just she and I. Um, here's my thing. Uh, this character is going to be a reborn. Um, a reborn is St. Frankenstein, if you will, the doctor and the monster. This character has been put back together out of parts from other people. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm going to do is this. Uh, one of the sides to the character is going to be entirely feminine. Her name's Karen. Oh, okay. Her name's Karen. The other side's completely male. Now, his name's Steve. Wow. And this is going to be a real character that I'm going to use to run with Lady Rebecca, who is playing a damn fear, as well as what is called a hexblood, a half, um, a child born as a changeling. The uh, parent, Her parents went to the three sisters in the woods and begged them after years. They couldn't have a child. They couldn't have a child. They begged. They pleaded. And Lady Rebecca's character was indeed born. Her other character comes from a domain in, in the domains of dread where life is but a dream. Her entire job was to sleep all the time and build the dream and build the dream, but she's half vampire and she feeds on dreams, so she got loose and escaped. A tattoo on her arm and he goes into other people's minds and steals their life essence as a dream and brings it back to Lady Rebecca. Wow. So our characters have been in horrifying situations. We have seen what the real greed and ick of the world can do. So even though we have these dark paths, we indeed feel compelled to help others. And it wow. begins in front of a house. It's a house full of windows. Picture Victorian, if you will. You're from Maine. You'll know the look. Uh, sure. It's tall. Sure. It's dark. It's black. There's a door. Red 
is the first thing you see as the door looks at you as if it's seeing inside of you. In general, yeah, I think you'd be interested. Huh. Well, I mean, I'm just listening to you talk about it, and I'm interested. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. Uh, so, and it it sounds like you really have to have a creative mind to get involved with this and to do well with it. Uh, on on my end, yeah, but a lot of it, a lot of that, but we got to talk bad about it for just a minute. A lot of it is swing and miss. If you mm -hmm. don't get the right done, you know what I mean? Like your character, I don't know what you put initially, probably a fighter, maybe a mage. But uh, when you set off that trap and the two spears got you, it was he rolled the 20 sided, it hit you. You took probably two die, one from each spirit. Well, back then it would have been a die six. So up to 12 points of damage, and then you lay dead. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, that's the hardest part of tabletop role playing is combat. It's keeping it interesting. It's not. It's not making it into just a series of die rolls. Sure, sure. Because those very much, as you and I know, have to be a part of the whole, the, the, the entire experience, or you're not playing the game. You know, there's no game to that at that point. But yeah, yeah no. Right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, hey, I so appreciate you taking the time to come in on the show and talk about it. Absolutely. I'm going to drop down off here, if you don't mind, and let you close your show. Thank you so uh, much, Matt, for having absolutely. me. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Yeah, and we'll catch Father Brian, or I will, and most of you in the Chitty Chat room will at uh, 10 o'clock Easter time, 9 o'clock Father Brian's time uh, for Planet ADHD. Interesting conversation. Um, sticky, yeah, fantastic. It's always interesting to listen to Father Brian in any context. And actually, oh, geez, before I forget about it, Father Brian did not use one word of profanity. Let's give it up for Father Brian. Holy cow. I'm impressed with that. I mean, the Father Brian uh, rule when it comes to uh, the potty mouth list is uh, I get, normally it's three strikes. I give Father Brian six, and he didn't use one. I used uh, one. I even used uh, the SH word in there, too. And Geez, I did worse than Father Brian. Whoever would have thunk it? Huh? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Does he expect children to listen to this podcast? I, yeah, I mean, uh, Father Brian's very clear about Planet ADHD that it's uh, for 18 and over. I don't make that distinction here, really. Um uh, every once in a while, a word does slip out, and we talk about something that's uh, a little naughty, but I don't know. Overall, it's a relatively clean show, and I think about my kids. I have two teenage kids, and I'm comfortable with them listening to what's talked about here, so that's kind of my guideline, and uh, so, I mean, the main goal here is to uh, be happy have everyone relax uh, and create an inviting room where we can all engage and have fun. Uh, I can, I still have, I have yet to witness any drama in here of any kind, which is miraculous. And I'm very grateful. Everyone that's called in complete strangers that have called in from time to time have been uh, wonderful. So, I mean, I have no complaints about how this podcast has gone in that respect. So uh, I'm at the two-hour mark. Uh, thank you for all for tuning in, and uh, I love you all. And until next time, we'll try this again. Take care, everybody. Good night.